It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hot round. Red seven, red seven, red seven. Don. What? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means. Hot round. I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob. This is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is going to work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! Oh, 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 I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Yummy for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. Welcome into 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett coming at you days, hours before signing day, where Kentucky could sign its best class ever. Or they could be reeling. I don't know. There's a lot up in the air. We're going to talk about it all. And as always, today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Pick app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using the code PERSONNEL. You get an instant 100% bonus on up to $100 on your first deposit. And, folks, I know we're a football podcast, but let me tell you, Prize Picks is where you need to be during college basketball season because I feel like that's where you can make your best money. Uh, those college basketball lines, they come out really late, like it. Uh, I know for folks like you and I who take trips over to Indiana to make our wagers, you don't have to do that with prize picks. It's right at your fingertips. You just pick a uh, player prop. You go over or under, parlay it, and boom, make some money. Uh, Oscar Shibway over 11.5 points, lock of the century against Notre Dame. Cats didn't get the win, but you could be cashing in with prize picks. Use the code PERSONNEL to get up to a $100 bonus on your first deposit. Uh, look at we're giving you all a little bonus content today because of the weird week. We're going to have a signing day show, uh, but the official visits happened over the weekend. I think we've got a little bit better lay of the land of where things stand. And as I said off the top, Kentucky could have its best signing class ever. I think priority number one to make that happen, it's got to be securing that Keontae Goodwin signature. So let's talk about Calipari's offense. I'm kidding. <laughs> Only kidding. You can get that from somewhere else. But, yeah, I mean, it's all Keontae. Keontae, Keontae, Keontae. Been a crazy recruitment. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would argue against that. All season, really, we thought it was like – well, really kind of – we felt good the whole way, and then the visit started happening. He goes to Alabama. 
He seems to have this state great visit at Alabama. You think, oh, well, Kentucky's going to have to hold off Nick Saban. You get into in-homes. Nick Saban doesn't come to see Goodwin. The next mm-hmm. closest person was Michigan. Harbaugh doesn't come to see Goodwin. So you're thinking, oh, hmm. so pretty maybe good. They, they saw the writing on the wall potentially maybe, and they just are like not throwing in the towel, but just – um, you only get so many in-home visits, so using their time more wisely in other places. And so you're thinking it's looking like, oh, it's down the Michigan State or it's down the Texas A&M. They got to hold off Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher is going to have the number one recruiting class. Texas A&M. They're going to have like ten top 100 prospects or something stupid, like, like six or seven five stars. Maybe it's down to him. But then now you're getting into it late. He goes a last second visit to Michigan State. Seems to be a lot of buzz coming out of East Lansing that they feel very good about where they're at. So. I really don't know where it's going to go as of where as we stand right now. Mon- or Monday, December thirteenth, I'm about to be noon, so almost lunchtime on Monday, and we're less than forty eight hours away, and we just don't know. I, I would add too that never got reported. It was a total recruiting thing, but uh, my radio partner TJ Walker said a friend saw Mel Tucker at the Omni last week. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that ever got out. So apparently he felt good enough to come see him before Keontae went up there. Um, there's been no big dramatic shift as far as your Wilt Fongs or so uh, issuing predictions for him to go to Michigan State. I think Wilt Fong's the only guy he's talked to really since John Hale spoke with him on Wednesday. Uh, and, you know, it was just pretty kind of blase. Yeah, Wilt Fong's had like a Sunday update on him. Yeah, every pretty much Sunday every for week. like a month now. Yeah. Um, so things are up in the air. And here's where as much as things have changed like it, I feel like a lot of it has stayed the same in that it's you got to just trust Vince. This is why you pay Vince Merrow the big bucks. This is like Vince has an impressive resume and he's been on this guy for five years now. It's closing time, and I trust Vince. I still do. Uh, I don't feel like – I think I was the most confident person in the world that he was going to come to Kentucky, uh, you know, up until like two weeks ago. Things are a little shaky as of late, but I still ultimately think that that Vince is going to get the job done. But uh, like every signing day bucket, you don't know until you know, and you've got that fax in your hand at the Joe Craft Football Training Facility. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is the last kind of roller coaster moment We'll have in this recruitment before Wednesday. I'm sure some other stuff will come out. Oh, because we don't know when he's in. I'm assuming they're gonna. It's gonna be some type of big announcement. Yeah. Right, right. Like him standing Wednesday. in front of that banner at Aspirations. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I we'll have to wait and see. This is why you pay Vince Merrill that money and didn't let him go to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, kind of ironic thing- that this battle is coming down to Michigan State. It, it, it is. Uh, and we need to talk a little bit more about Michigan State. But there's one more thing I wanted to mention about Keontae that kind of gets overlooked uh, in this conversation because he's he's a high-ranked recruit, obviously. You know, you don't have people like this grow up in your state very often. Uh, but the significance of the roster next year, this is – when it all comes – recruiting is all about just developing your roster in the right way. And – we talked about it with the receivers. Kentucky's recruiting where receivers a point of strength. Decisions have not been made yet, but when you look at next year's roster, 
this is probably going to be the best skill talent that Stoops has ever had offensively. Uh, you, you build it around a quarterback, Will Levis, who's probably the best one you've ever had at, at, in the Stoops era. You could have Chris Rodriguez coming back, looking to break records. There, there's a lot of pieces there. The one question mark is what was always a certainty, and that's at the offensive line. And what makes Keontae so important, Luckett, is you can't just go find a replacement in the portal if something goes wrong. Like in DeCarlos Nicholson's case, that, that cornerback that's committed, that's probably going to flip it to Mississippi State, you can go find another big Juco cornerback who can end up being a productive player. You can't really do that with offensive tackles. That's an important position. And like it, as we look at next year's roster at OT, it's it's thin. It's thin right there uh, of, of quality, quality players that you know you can roll out. Well, it gets back to the Emil Wagner decision, how that was the ultimate insurance for Keontae. Potentially, you could have two bookends. I mean, that's elite-level recruiting to get two guys that talent, and now you, there's a chance you could get zero. You miss out, out on him in Notre Dame when you thought you were the heavy favorite for a long, long time, and now you're in this position with Goodwin, which is, guys, it's this is a five-star elite-level recruitment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to – get to where Kentucky wants to go. You're going to have to win some of these and you're going to have to be involved. You're going to have to play the game. So you're going to have to ride the roller coaster. So just get ready. This is not the last of these that they'll be in. They'll get a few more. So these are the types of recruitments you need to win. And especially like with no Alabama or no big time, big time program, like this is one you got to get, like you got to be able to beat Michigan state. You Mm -hmm. need to be able to beat Texas A&M for a guy in your backyard. Yeah. And so it's really, really important to, to get this one. Yeah, and you look at tackle, you're right, Nick. You lose Kennard. The mm-hmm. Darryl Rosenthal decision is just vital for next year. Yeah. You really need him. But with the transfer portal, you can you can find – where Kentucky could be in a position right now, Nick, where it could – if, say, Darryl Rosenthal returns, they might not have a starting position to sell. Maybe if they found a really good right tackle, they could sell that on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they would be kind of tough spot because they really would only want a, a guy for depth reasons. And then you get who's going to want to come for that number one, and then number two, like are you really going to bring in like some some mercenary to play over DeAndre Buford mm-hmm. if he's ready? You know that would you be better off just rolling with him or rolling with right. Flax or whatever? They they've got some stuff off. they're going to have to yeah. figure out, but they got time to figure it out with the portal. Um, but right now. I'll, all eggs are in the Keontae basket, getting him in here and seeing what it looks like in the spring Yeah, and not making any rash decisions. But I, it's definitely a scholarship they want to keep in their back pocket, maybe even two, to potentially address that that tackle position. I mean, that's for sure. And it is getting a little yeah, a little wonky right now. And and I, I do feel dumb saying you don't just find transfers like that when Dare Rosenthal started, but you kind of fell into that one. <laughs> you know, that was uh, – a. And hell, that was over the summer. You know, that was a. Uh, it was late. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the one thing that's up. You know, you got to keep in the back of your mind as things are up in the air. The transfer portal is a long play. And right now, you might get a few on Wednesday. And one of them that to go back to Michigan State, uh, it appears that Chris Bogle is between Kentucky and Michigan State. He was at Kentucky. This weekend, did he did he get to Michigan State as well? 
Yeah, he went to Michigan State before the Kentucky visit. Okay. That was his first visit, I believe, last weekend to East Lansing and then followed it up with one to Lexington. This is a battle of the two programs that maybe used the portal the best last season, you could argue, are Michigan State and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Michigan State got Kenneth Walker from Wake Forest, led the Power Five in rushing. Kentucky gets Wondell Robinson from Nebraska, um, obviously sets the single-season reception record. Their top receiver was a transfer from Western Michigan, Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed, excuse me. Kentucky starting left tackles. Dare Rosenthal was one of the best left tackles in the SEC. Kentucky starting Mike linebacker. Ole Miss transfer leads the team in tackles. Michigan State had three SEC transfers start on defense, three of their top seven tacklers, and two starting cornerbacks and a starting Mike linebacker. So these are like – like there's proof of concept for both these programs to sell. Mm -hmm. And so coming – We've seen Michigan State lay in Mississippi State linebacker transfer Aaron Brule already. Mel Tucker likes these SEC transfers. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing Kentucky. I think Bogle kind of it's the writing on the wall that Jordan Wright is moving on, that they're heavily interested here. And so he's a guy that they could come in and really just you, – you land him, you really wouldn't miss a step like losing Wright. You could just keep that Weaver rotation mm-hmm. going on, and then they could both play on passing downs. And you'd be in a really good spot there if you can land him. And so, like that, that's where things stand. Um, we getting don't, him is like that can be a big, big addition to the defense. We we don't know too if he's like I haven't heard if he's definitely going to be doing something Wednesday or when. But Tavion Robinson did kind of paint the picture at least uh, with a. Oops, I'm committed. Wait, well, that tweet's deleted. Let's wait until not 10 minutes before basketball. Like the game. Luke Fulton thing last year. <laughs> Luke Fulton was committed for a while, and they just kept it, it was like, quiet wait. until signing day. Right, right, right. Except Robinson actually hit send on that draft. But uh, right. Robinson's a big one. Like, mm-hmm. And and this isn't to, to knock Jordan Watkins, but when you kind of looked at both of those guys, those were kind of who you were comping in the portal. Uh, Robinson's – Stat his his ability as a returner, I think, really sets him apart. Yeah, I mean, he is, and and that also shows you the kind of vision uh, to be able to make plays in space in the open field, a la Juan Dale this year. Just go to that Florida, the the, the screen he made against Florida. Like that's only a play that a guy like Wanda Robinson can make. And Tavion doesn't have the. I, I, we're we're going to be doing a lot of those comps to those guys. He is not Wandale, but he can do a lot of those things. Yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech had a Kentucky 2020 quarterback situation. Um, they're averaging like barely six yards per attempt. Completion percentage is low. Like the quarterback situation was bad. The year before was weird with COVID. Mm-hmm. They had him and Hooker. They went back and forth. His freshman year, he plays as a true freshman and really shows some playmaking ability. That was probably – you could make the argument that was his <clears throat> one of his better seasons – you're going to take, <clears throat> excuse me, using my jet sweeps in the screen game as a traditional receiver, uh, one of the best punt returners in the country. Like, he's got instant playmaking ability that he's going to add to Kentucky. And he can – in this offense, it's going to be very – the selling point is going to be very good, I think, to slot receivers because we're just not going to plug you in the hole. The way we use receivers, we're going to use you in multiple ways. We're going to use condensed formations – and get you involved in other ways. And we're going to – we can feature a slot receiver in this offense. We just threw the ball 130 times to our slot receiver this year, mm-hmm. Wondell Robinson. So, 
Um, and it, obviously the Rams NFL selling point, I think is going to be big to these recruits. As long as, as you know, Rams keep winning and stuff, that's going to help a lot. Yeah. And so you can sell that to him. I think he's a guy that could come in and really be a very, very good player for the offense. So a really good get to like replacing Wandale is going to be tough, but this is about as good as you could ask for. Well, and if you were on social media on Sunday, this is a not to brag, but we made a quote card of a quote that Levis had about this is the transfer portal destination and took off like wildfire. So hopefully others noticed and were interested. Um, I mentioned Watkins earlier, and this kind of shifts us to Oxford, where Wayne Kiffin was entertaining a couple of guys with UK ties. Uh, I think that might it sounds like that's Jordan's only surefire. He got he's going to be a take there. I he officially visited over the weekend. He isn't making a decision yet, but I expect him to end up at Ole Miss. That'd be a great landing spot for him. Uh, but the other guy they had in town is Davis Zinnick-Bunison. and we've mentioned him a little bit on this podcast. But man, I love this guy's tape. He has some oh, just and and it's. Yes, he's playing in New Jersey, and, you know, the quality of football can kind of vary depending on what class and if you're a private school or whatnot there. But, man, he has uh, the vision he has and just the kind of instincts as a playmaker. He is a talent, a bona fide talent. He officially visited Kentucky uh, two weekends ago. Um, the Cats got in there a little late, but they've really prioritized him. Uh, Greg Schiano flew a helicopter in to see him last week, which – I love that move. Um, but then this weekend, he was down at Ole Miss posing in hoodies with the Porsche with Lane Kiffin. Uh, you know, all of that combined lets me to believe that Ole Miss is probably in the, in the, ha, has a slight edge before he makes a decision on Wednesday, like it. But we've seen Stoops posing with guys in front of fancy cars, and Shocky Jacquees ended up at Pitt. You know, anything can happen here. Yeah, like, this no. would be a big one if they can land it. I really like this kid, but I, I just don't know if Kentucky uh, got in enough time early on to be able to land this commitment. Between him, DeCarlos Nicholson, and Zoff Frazier, Stoops is ready to have some big dudes at boundary quarterback, cornerback again. Yeah, <laughs> they want to have some size, some run filling ability, some ta- some big, some people that can jam receivers. They want to get that back. And Benison, like you said, he's going to be like by the time he plays in college, he's going to be six two, two oh five, with really long arms and length and a long strider. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of what they're looking at. Yeah, you just have to wonder if they got in on this maybe a little bit too late. Um, it feels like it's down to Ole Miss and Kentucky. Um, so it's really just who, who made a bigger impact on the visit there. And that's not – we'll just – what we just won't yeah. know until Wednesday. If it was too late for Kentucky or if they close crazy fast, which would be just a huge recruiting one for Brad White if he could pull huge. that off. Yeah. And then if you move on to corner like Zaw Frazier, Kentucky, Utah, UTSA, six-foot-four corner, Coffeyville Community College, originally from Georgia – this was really Chris Collins. Like, Chris Collins got the Carlos Nicholson commitment, but he's been working Frazier kind of quietly just as a backup plan, it yeah. seems like. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens with Nicholson over these next couple of days. I don't think it would be a bad idea to get – if you could get two of these three, it would be great. But if you lost in Benison, come back and get Frazier, maybe hold on to Nicholson. But you got to get at least one. Yeah. I yeah, think you- they feel good about getting at least one, and then we'll see if they can maybe pull two. Yeah, and Nicholson, 
Um, like we said, that he committed early on, but he he took his visit early on. And he, I believe he committed on his visit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that kind of was a – I felt like it was like a, we got caught off guard on like a weird Saturday night or a Sunday morning or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but he he's his recruitment's funny because he is a Mississippi native. He's playing in that Mississippi Juco system. And Kentucky was just trying to get him to stay home last weekend. And meanwhile, he told Ole Miss he was going there, and he told Mississippi State he was going there. And if you're a part of uh, On3+, Plus, which I know we don't pr- promote that a lot here because we don't have a message board, we don't put anything behind a paywall, but it was only, what, like 10 bucks for a year, and you get access to all of these message boards throughout the On3 network. And Ole Miss's, which I believe is uh, Ole Miss Spirit. Spirit, yes. Yeah, they, uh, they have a good uh, – their their board is well put together. They have things well organized there. You also could have seen all the crazy ass news from Auburn. Like, dude, we could be talking about Bo Nix. Like, if this was a normal week, we'd be spending a ton of time talking about Bo Nix and Dang Bigsby. Um, but uh, the old oh, man, it, Keaton Slovis in the portal as well, Nick. That's another big one. Man, that is a big one. Um, but at Ole Miss, that he was t- Nick. They were kind of just waiting on bated breath. Is he going to show up to Oxford or is he going to show up to Starkville? He ends up in Starkville. Now you've got a ton of predictions that he will end up in Mississippi State flipping. So um, I I think you're – like you said, if Frazier gets the green light from UK, he'll be at UK, but it is kind of a wait and see, and I think a lot of it's waiting to see on Igbunison. And there's a lot of this for Wednesday. I think Wednesday has a chance to be pro- maybe one of our most crazy signing days oh. of recent memory. Okay. Let's do an exercise like it because I think it will also be the most chaotic signing day. Can we, how many signing days can we name where there were, there were more than three additions on one signing day? I don't know if you could. I mean, you had the Stoops thing with Ox, but I think most folks knew that Ox was going to end up in Kentucky. You had the thing with Courtney Miggins. Yeah. You I mean, had the Jordan Far- the Jordan Griffin. Hayes and Ox were in the same class. So those, those, those yeah, that's probably the one 2020. Yeah. And then you had Drennan at the end. That, that was the other signing day. But. Right, right. But on actual Wednesday, I'm trying to count right here. Depending on what the portal guys do, you could yeah, have. Yeah, that's an added element for sure. <laughs> if you could have two from the portal, you could have. Two corners. You're kind of waiting on Keontae's signature. I mean, this is – and kind of like I said, you can end up with your best signing class ever or you could whiff on a lot of guys. And Well, there's a lot of flip possibilities out here too for yes. Kentucky. Jalen Farmer, mid-three-star offensive lineman, committed to Florida. Sounds like Florida and Auburn are both interested but maybe wanting to wait till February. Mm-hmm. I think Kentucky might want to push for that flip now. Mm-hmm. Drew Bobo is probably a long shot, but his dad's fired. He's still committed to Auburn. Right. Don't really know what's going to go on there. R. Mason Thomas and Edge committed to Iowa State from South Florida. Same high school as Chris Bogle. Yep. And so there could be a thing there. He's also a guy that says he might want to wait till February. Right. Kobe Albert committed to Auburn. A lot of, I, a lot of that, turmoil going on at Auburn right now, it seems like. See, and that's – that's one I can't get my finger on because Summerall th- – this is where Summerall would would shine. Yeah, if we stay, if Summerall was still here, I, 
I would feel, feel good, good about, about it. projecting Albert right. But now I just I don't know where it stands. And and like you said, meanwhile at Auburn, they've got all sorts of hell going on over there. So, um, but Albert did make it to campus over the weekend. Uh, he can play both ways. I think for a time they were selling him on receiver. If you if you look at the roster distribution though, this this a lot of time will give you answers on stuff like that. Kentucky's scheduled to lose three safeties: Devontae Robinson, Corker, Asian. Following the Douglas transfer, they're only projected to have six scholarship players at safety next year. He feels like a guy that would fit right in there, and that's this is also a position they're going to need to address in the portal, in my opinion. Is this um, is this a Destin Way come here and play quarterback? But you're going to be a flex tight end kind of deal. Yeah, I don't know. Auburn recruited him as a safety. I mean, he's going there to play safety, so maybe it's a thing where he he wants to or he's open to on tape. He's He's a better defensive back prospect on tape, but it's close. I'm usually of the opinion if it's close, let him play receiver because mm-hmm. that's just a bigger imp- – but you need guys to cover too. So, if he's cool with playing that, I think I think they'd be more than willing to take him on um, because you look at – you know, you just don't know about Ricky Hyatt and Jordan Lovett right now as guys, younger guys in the program. So, right. getting a guy like Albert in would be – I feel very confident in projecting him to be a quality SEC starter um, no matter where he lands. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Farmer, too, off the top. That could be another insurance policy. But in, it, the, the thing is, Goodwin is a – he has the tools while he lacks SEC experience and, in general, just football experience. Like, he hasn't played a ton of high-level football. Um, but you, you feel comfortable, comfortable that by arriving early, he can – he can kind of be an early impact guy. Whereas Farmer, Farmer's a big dude that you'd love to be able to flip a guy from Florida on signing day. Like that is a huge, just saying that out loud is a significant recruiting win. Uh, but he, he is going, he's, he's not an, right. You're, you're going to lean on a Buford or a Walla ball or somebody else you've got in the program because they, they're just, they're going to yeah. be farther along. You know, you look at just, again, you're losing Fortner and Dotson on the interior. You're only adding Bingham as of right now. You add to, you know, add uh, Jalen Farmer to that. You're sitting pretty good at interior offensive line. I think getting him makes a lot of sense. If you can, if you can pull it off now, his recruiter is gone. Obviously was the offensive line coach they fired. And Billy Napier is kind of, apparently telling recruits that he doesn't want them signing in December because he wants to be able to evaluate them all and kind of thing. Which is silly. Which, (laughs) you know, and then you're seeing something. They've had a ton of decommitments. Um, That quarterback, Nick Evers, just decommitted. He he committed to Oklahoma this morning. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing a lot of them lose a lot of guys, and they're going to have a weird class this year. Kentucky may be able to benefit from that, from getting Farmer, and he's also – from that kind of metro Atlanta area, it's not a bad idea ever to get get yeah. involved there. Wolford's been working on him since he right. was at South Carolina, and uh, Wolford picked up on Dion Walker's recruitment. And man, you want to talk about a crazy ass weight development? Um, so Clink Scale, obviously, he's the guy leading the charge for Kentucky recruiting that Michigan area. He leaves from Michigan, and. Uh, you know, you had the the one DB. I guess he ended up flipping to Michigan. Was it Caldwell? Did he end up at Michigan? I never. No, he's still uncommitted. I don't know. Really huh. know what's yeah. going on with him. That's weird. Um, but you thought, okay, well, they're going to lose out in Deion Walker. But 
Wolf has stayed in it. And in fact, for the longest time, Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky's been seen to be the leader for maybe six weeks, two months, something yeah. like that. I think like the nose and them, like they got Bohanna drafted. He's Bullies. on the roster. Bully's yeah. going to get drafted. Bully's from Detroit. Same school. Squares had Cast a really good career. No, they're different. Same school as Square. Yeah. Cast Squares Cast. had a really good career there in Kentucky. He's from Detroit. I think the selling point. Um, is there for him. And also Georgia has kicked the tires a little bit on this recruitment. Jordan Davis is like the 6'6 nose tackle. Oh, That's kind of what Deion Walker is. Right, right. And so there's a big – but Michigan – there's a big selling point for the Georgia as well, but Michigan really wants him. Yeah. Bad. Like, clink scale has been on him hard. Might be like his biggest – one of their biggest targets left. He visited Kentucky this past weekend, but it sounded right. like he went back – and. On his way back, and he stopped by Ann Arbor. Right, twenty four seven. Yeah, had that. Which uh, that's a fly home on Sunday, and then go to Ann Arbor from there. That's uh, I'm sure that's got some folks a little worried on UK side. Um, he's just never been really. I don't know if he's never really bought the Michigan man sale. It feels like. So. Yeah. I think Kentucky's kind of got the inside track here. I think Wolford has done a great job recruiting him, it sounds like, like really working on him. And as a staff overall, Kentucky's kind of prioritized this recruitment. Mm -hmm. So I think they're in good shape here. He's announcing on CBS HQ on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So we'll find out. But this could be a huge get, another four-star on that defensive line. with, And he's got the size they want, the length that they, they seem to value. So this is a guy to really watch. This would be a huge, I think – late recruiting win in Michigan, Nick, they've had, they're having big name image likeness issues up there. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I guess the Michigan men don't like, <laughs> they don't like that idea. student athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Kentucky's had a big edge in that, in this recruitment with some oh. of their NL, their nil packages I mean, for some of these guys, especially Michigan. for guys in the trenches. I mean, they, how many places in America have, their linemen on billboards and their guys posing on tractors. Like you, you've seen it, you know, like I think Nebraska had some offensive line, like, Ooh, the big guys are getting to eat. Right, on yeah. You know, but Justin like, Rogers from the area is already getting posters and he's not even starting yet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that certainly holds an, an edge. And I, there's one thing too, that we didn't, cause Wolford is a, he, he's not a big media guy. You know, uh, he as Fortner kind of joked during a, a recent op, he's like, he's glad you aren't talking about him. I, we grossly undervalued what he brings to the table as a recruiter. Um, and I, I, I think that that's something that we're going to learn a lot about on signing day in his first class. Because uh, when you hear these guys talk, I think you're going to hear Wolford's name come up quite a bit. Um, and man, he's a dude too that. Look, at, he's been everywhere. He's recruited a lot of places. He's recruited for a lot of places. And he's a Youngstown cutthroat kind of guy. So uh, here, here's yeah, a chance go, for him to get the job done. You go back to his introductory press conference. He talked about how he was kind of a chameleon when it comes to recruiting. You go here, go there, go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Just kind of blend in. And, I mean, you've seen that. Like Farmer in Atlanta, Deion Walker in Detroit, Drew Bobo, who's there that he's tried to – tried with Daughtry mm -hmm. Richardson in South Florida. Yeah. 
you know, no, he's missed on a couple, in Louisville. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, in Louisville. Right. he's missed on a couple guys, but he's had Kentucky right there in the fight and gonna land one eventually. And so yeah. well, let's see how they can close. Yeah, hopefully he maybe he had a maybe he helps Vince close Keontae. Maybe he gets one of these guys. Obviously, Walker would be a huge get. Um, so we'll see how that how that shakes out. All right, look at we we've kind of touched on, I think we've touched on all of the loose ends that are out there, correct? Yeah, the, the Brendan Bordner who visited the Rutgers guy, offensive tackle. It feels like that's not gonna happen. That should I think they will rather wait and see on that. And he he doesn't want to wait and see. He wants to enroll in January, which I get. Like, how many people want to take off a semester? Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But I think they're they're better off just waiting there. I think you can get a better yeah. option. And for the spring, I would I would think like just throw Buford, Woolaball, all those guys in there. You think it tackled and see what you have right yeah. then, and then you can go out and get somebody. I think to um, uh, Sean Manning, Nick. Yeah, that was uh, an offensive guard. I, our, our buddy Justin Rowland, he took a lot of flack over on the Rivals message board because never going to have to apologize for me for getting a quality offensive lineman. Well, and it's like because he he teased the scoop before releasing it, and when there's a lot of guys in the portal portal like Eli Ricks or Jacob Copeland, you you just expect those, uh, right? <laughs> you know those big names. I, I think somebody said that Copeland did make it to campus. Yeah, there's there's some scuttlebutt out there. Um, I think there's um, he did visit Maryland. I think that has been reported. That is definitely yeah. That that feels like that was confirmed. Whereas the to UK stuff is just kind of like I might have, but we don't really know. So I mean, there's some scuttlebutt out there that maybe. But that that's that that it cake could happen. Got Basically, it could happen. We're just gonna have to wait and let right, that cake right. bake a little bit. But people expected that to be the guy, and instead, it's an Auburn offensive guard who started in 2020 and kind of rotated in this year. So folks were a little disappointed, but he's an Auburn offensive guard. He's a good player. Yeah. He can come in and he's a quality SEC starter left guard. Like if Kentucky could get him, then that's going to allow you to move Horsey yes. out to right tackle and you yes. would have Manning. At, so you could have a, if you get Dare back, Darrell's at the left tackle, Manning left guard. That's two redshirt seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, or Well, Manning would be a super senior. Two guys yeah. that played a lot of SEC football. Um, you would Eli be Cox. Eli Cox at center, a full SEC starter. Right guard would be your question, but you've got Jagger Burton. Maybe he takes a big step, and then big you have Horsey. Right, right tackle would be the start. Your starting SEC redshirt senior. And then you can work in. That's Keontae. good enough. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that, a good enough front right there. That's a great start, and I think ideally to kind of go back to good with. I, I'm hoping that we, uh, if Keontae does get on campus, it's not a Lane and Young situation where he's got a play in the second game of his career and to start the rest of the way out. Um, you, you, you would like to be able to uh, have him work his way in and, and get Is some Keontae and rolling out. early. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, time. he's been uh, doing, he goes to school at Charlestown and then like during his study hall and after school, he does online school to get enough credits to get there, which is, that's how I'm guessing a lot of these early enrollees kind of work. And in most cases, it's, you know, just a class or two here or there. So it isn't a ton of extra work, but ideally that work. I was also reading up on Manning. Dude, this kid's story is unbelievable. It's kind of like, like if he comes to UK, that's another Allstate Good Works comeback player of the year kind of deal. He got diagnosed with leukemia Thanksgiving day of his senior year of high school. 
uh, Auburn was like, listen, we'll honor your scholarship. Fight this thing. Don't worry yeah. about it. He took community uh, college classes while he was undergoing chemo. He did eight months of chemo. Like, no offense to Josh Pascal, Like, he kicked cancer's ass as well. But Josh was, let's have a couple surgeries. We're going to do, like, a couple rounds of immunotherapy. Dude, eight months of chemo kicks your ass. I mean, completely drains you. Not only did he do that and come back, he's he he was he went to Auburn as a defensive lineman, and then they moved in positions. And within two years, he was getting regular reps. Like that's amazing. So uh, he was on campus this weekend, and uh, that's another situation we're just going to have to kind of wait and see how that unfolds. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty crazy. It's a crazy story. Uh, and hell, Horsey, he's heart surgery. I mean, yeah, they've just, had some man some off-field battles that they've gone through in that program. Uh, but I mean, Auburn, I think, Broderius Ham, who was our starting right tackle, he had something like that, too. I don't know if it was cancer or something else that he had to battle through. So, man. Yeah. Whew. Um, um, right, updated well, average star rating, Kentucky sitting at 20th, um, just a, a spot above Tennessee. Uh, Auburn's at 22. Louisville at 60, Nick. Whew. Now, I, I this year I threw in BYU, Cincinnati, UCF because they are technically joining Power Five conferences. Louisville, sixty out of sixty-nine. Wow! But even then, they're not they're not in terrible shape when it comes to ACC. They're above a Duke and Syracuse at the moment. So good job, Louisville. Man, I really like the on three. Let's brag about our bosses real quick. On the on three database, we have on the team page where the commitments are. Right now, Kentucky has 18 hard commits. That's probably, you know, it'll probably end up being around 19. Between 18 and 20 guys, they get signed, uh, and that's not including the transfer portal. But I like it. So it has your national rank at 14th, SEC rank at 5th, which is just freaking unheard of normally. But they include the percentage of in-state players and blue-chip players. 53% blue-chip prospects, 24% of your class from the state. 53% 53% blue chip. And that's in a class where you're taking a kicker, you know? Like, yeah. And you're still in the running with you know, Igmenison and yeah. Dion Walker, yeah. R. Mason Thomas. Yeah. I mean, Kobe that, Albert. That can be up to 65 70. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and yeah, fascinating to see these next, how these next few days work out. I mean, regardless, that Kentucky's going to sign a pretty good class, even if they lose good one. Yeah. But it's going to be like, man, we left a lot of meat on the bone. One you get uh, good, you're in really good shape. You're going to have a top 20 class. So on, on Wednesday really evening, program. to kind of give you all a heads up, the stuff will start around 7, 7.30 a.m. when the faxes start coming in. There's not going to be a signing day show this year for a couple of reasons. Um, so stuff will be coming out on social media. We're going to have a, in a, a signing day headquarters post on KSR that we're going to update throughout the day. Um, as the faxes come in, uh, Stoops and Vince will be speaking, I believe, via Zoom. Uh, I, depending on, I haven't gotten a time on Walker yet, um, on when his commitment's going to be. Um, but I would assume that that Zoom's going to be scheduled around that, um, in the afternoon. And then afterwards, uh, Freddie's going to hop on with us. We're going to do a podcast kind of breaking everything down, talking about the class more in detail, because we haven't mentioned any of the guys committed 
Uh, you know, we, we alluded to Bogle, but there's some great edges in this class. Tyrese Fearbury's one I thought we were going to have to sweat out until the end, but that kid's a freaking stud. Um, so <laughs> Barry and Brown, too. Like, there, there's some guys that we aren't sweating out at the very end. Uh, Dane Key, uh, Alex Afari. Uh, there's some big-time players that yeah, the we twins. haven't talked about a lot because there's been so much energy focused on how Kentucky's going to close out this class. Yeah, and it sounds like Jordan Anthony did well at that Mississippi All-Star game. Alabama-Mississippi yes. All-Star game was the fastest guy there. So, That's yeah, there's just a lot to get excited <laughs> about in this class. Like, you look at it, and there's a lot of good – they're going to have a lot of good players coming in. Um, and now you're kind of seeing they're, – they're just – they're getting that 2019 class out as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've had a lot of guys enter the portal. You only got, like, six high school signees left. But these last – this is about to be, I think, three classes in a row. Even that 2021 class wasn't highly ranked. Mm-hmm. But you really like some of the players in there. Wallace, Burton, yeah. Dingle, uh, Schultz Chris Lewis this year. did some stuff in the first bowl practice. Yeah. Um, that they Magwood really played a lot. There was, a, there was buzz about the Kel Crowdis, Martez Thrower, Thrower, I like. Yeah. David Wallaball had a lot of positive comments. Khalil Saunders looks like a potential player. Yeah. Although yeah. Wright's had some moments. You know, yeah. it was a smaller class, but there's some guys in there. And I think they if, feel really good about. And if you can get Quintel Jones to be kind of like Quill Saunders, that would be significant. Um, so it's it's an exciting, exciting time. There was one more thing I wanted to mention too before we got out of here, but now it's escaped me. Oh yeah, Jones just committed last week. I think between podcasts, so <laughs> it's been that feels like it happened an eternity ago. But it was what Thursday, right? <laughs> yeah, it was Thursday. Man, the ninth, and he's a that's a solid pickup, I think. Man. He's a squattier nose tackle, but he can move a little bit, and like he looks like a an SEC interior defensive lineman. Yeah. So I think that's a solid pickup. You need to get him in the strength program, lose some of that baby fat. But yeah, but I think that's going to be a good pickup. Man, just a uh, exciting times. We hope you all have stayed safe out there. It was a very uh, chaotic weekend. In real life terms, you know, this is just football recruiting. This is all fun. But uh, our, our, our friends in Western Kentucky, they're hurting right now. We're praying for you. Um, KSR, we've started. There's, there's plenty of places to donate. But I know KSR, we've partnered with the Chamber of Commerce to direct our efforts towards specific businesses that are rebuilding all over Western Kentucky. In Dawson Springs, Mayfield, Bowling Green. Um, we didn't mention it off the top because we are the kind of goofy – we want to be a distraction uh, at this point, but that don't let that think that we aren't praying for all of you all right now. Um, it's tough. It's tough. When Kentucky hurts, when one of us hurts, we all hurt. Uh, we're with you right now, and I know everybody uh, in the in the football program is is doing what they can um, to to make the state proud. No doubt. Oh man. Well, like it, we've talked longer than we anticipated. We got to get back to writing. Um, but this has been a pleasure catching up with you uh, before signing day. Any more? Do, do we? Are we going to have a signing day ritual? Is there anything you're going to be doing in the final moments before the facts to start calling in to, to get ready for this momentous occasion? I'll be writing about uh, Kentucky's Nashville recruiting, how that was a big get, and how Kentucky Tennessee is probably one of the the biggest recruiting rivalries they have right now, I would say, um, going on in the program. 
Um, this Michigan State thing, I think that's a storyline we need to be paying close attention to. Mm-hmm. And then just overall, I think it's important to take it a step back and just realize where Kentucky is um, in comparison to their permanent opponents. Yes. Only Georgia's really beating them right now. Yeah. Um, they're right there with Missouri. Um, but recent history, they've recruited better than Missouri. They're really – they're extending the gap against Louisville. Um, the beating South Carolina, beating um, right there with Tennessee, beating Florida as of right now, beating Mississippi State. So that's – you know, you want to win on Saturday, that's that's a good step in the right direction is beating these teams on National Signing Day and not just in one class, consistently beating these teams. And then this year has been a chance to close the gap, I think, um, with, with a Tennessee, with a Florida – with, you know, South Carolina, I think they kind of given them some space there because South Carolina class last year was really bad with the coaching turnover. Right. And they bounced back this year, but there's still a little gap there. So that's really, I think, how Kentucky – they're setting up – they're building their roster uh, where in the next couple of years you can legitimately go into the season saying Kentucky's got the second-best roster in the SEC East. Crazy. And Louisville is – in Louisville's way down. Not even in the same breath. Hey, but they've got an interim AD and interim president, so. Yeah, uh, another U- UK, <laughs> another one with UK ties. What do you know? Oh, those those Louisville fans are going to love that. Well, uh, we appreciate you all listening. we got to get back to writing away, but we'll be back with you again Wednesday night to talk about an exciting, man, there's a lot up in the air. It's getting crazy. We're entering the home stretch, and uh, can't wait to, to bring it home with you all. Uh, Until then, go Cats and go Kroger. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.